On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast, we talk about the new Apple Iron Man headset. That's at least what I'm calling it. We talk about MLS data. Uh, we talk about the industry, how innovation happens faster. It's going to be an incredible show. You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, Keith Robinson, aka Crazy Uncle Keith. Keith, tell us about Jimmy Kelly. Yes, sir. You tricked me. You said we were going to have Jim Kelly on the podcast, and I thought you meant the famous Buffalo Bills quarterback. It no. was not. It was Jimmy Kelly, the CEO of Lone Wolf. Uh, we have a great conversation coming up with him. He is an industry. He's been in the industry for five years. I love talking to people who come from outside the industry. They get such great insight and can help us see things that we haven't always seen. Uh, we talk about the portal wars coming up for residential real estate, some of the old fiefdoms and walls that could probably be torn down to help the human beings who buy and sell houses and the people who serve them and a whole lot more. Well, and also the new Iron Man headset. We dug deep into Apple's <laughs> new <laughs> We did. Your, your favorite topic, the new Apple headset to, that you too could have for a low, low 3,500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get it going. Let's go. Welcome to the show. We are super excited to have you here. Uh, I have to do full disclosure. The last time I was with Jimmy uh, <laughs> was in a bar in Naples, Florida. Shocker. Uh, I was probably doing some inappropriate things at the bar as usual. but uh, Shocker. Exactly. So definitely, as I mentioned, there's usually alcohol involved when stuff gets weird. So anyways. Well, let's, uh, start, let's start with that. No, just kidding. No, let's not. Let's, let's not. Let's yeah. not. Uh, so, Jimmy, tell the listeners and audience just a little bit um, about your background, uh, both prior and then, you know, at Lone Wolf. You guys run a big organization. So just a little bit of background on you and the company, and then we'll we'll dive into all the fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, uh, thanks for having me on the uh, the podcast. I know that's what the world needs is another podcast. When <laughs> but they've never heard this one. Not they, quite like it. There you yeah, go. don't thank um, us till it's over. <laughs> I, I appreciate the lead-in. It's probably my least favorite topic of the world, talking about myself. Uh, but I'll give you a little bit of background. Look, um, I'm relatively new to real estate. I say relatively new, five years, going on six. But the truth is I learn something new every day, every week. It's a it's an interesting space. Um, yeah. Yes, it is. in technology my entire career and and yeah i'm, I'm older than both of you guys um <laughs> maybe slow down maybe now. slow down now um in a, in a bunch of different uh industries everything from automotive uh to finance and accounting oil and gas growing up in houston not a shocker right. uh, healthcare it's almost required uh, at some point in your career that you've got to do a stint <laughs> in oil and gas right if you live in houston uh, pretty it's uh, that's another interesting space in and of itself. But um, so everywhere uh, from a technology perspective, mostly in customer facing, so front of the house type of stuff. I've I've done everything from software implementation to customer support, account management. I carried a bag for a while, had a territory, sold deals, uh, so I know how much fun that is for uh, for my sales team. But really gravitated toward. You know, working with customers, understanding business needs, figuring out how software can solve problems, um, and really just work my way up 
to uh, to a position, frankly, that I never thought I would be in, uh, but was fortunate enough to to take over the reins of of Lone Wolf uh, a little over five years ago. Um, fascinating company, fascinating industry. I mean, we've been in uh, in real estate technology for over thirty five years. I don't yeah. know if people yeah. know that, but it's a it's a legacy company um, that we're really proud of. Right? We we've, we've been able to serve associations, MLSs, franchises, brokers, and agents for over 35 years. And uh, we think our best time is ahead. Well, certainly. Uh, our and, and what our background is. I mean, today we serve over 10,000 brokerages with our software. We, we service uh, one and a half million agents, right? Yeah. Over a thousand MLSs and AORs, 33 franchises. So it's a, it's a pretty big footprint. footprint it's a, it's right? a big we, business. 29 million annual signings through our e-signature platform. That's AuthentiSign, right? That's AuthentiSign. Uh, yeah. About 65 million forms get completed in our transaction management software every year. So a lot, a lot, so of, two, a lot of so, time on scale. So two deals in California. <laughs> <laughs> That's, hey, if I can control the number of forms required on know, a I transaction, know. I would sign up for that tomorrow. <laughs> so that's so, actually a good segue, right? Because you've got, um, and Keith, jump in here. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just, he just made me think about the fact you guys have been around a long time, but you guys were on a pretty big acquisition spree for a while there. I think it's seven companies you acquired over like seven years or somewhere around there. Is that correct? Seven and seven. I can't be responsible for them all. I was only here for six. Okay. So, yeah. Well, yeah. humble yeah. as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, there's a lot that goes that, that goes into that. Yeah. So, um, if you think about where we started, you know, our our cornerstone um, solution is still our back office platform. Mm -hmm. That's always been. That's where it was founded. Um, but we looked for opportunities to kind of get a little bit closer to the transaction, a little bit closer to the agent. Um, so we made some acquisitions, Instanet Solutions and ZipLogix to kind of um, move into the transaction management space. Um, and then we wanted to get closer to an agent to enable them. And so we looked, frankly, in the market for some of the best technology. But from a strategy perspective, we also looked for some of the best talent. So some of the best mm -hmm. leaders in the space that truly understood their software and the end user, right? The customer, the broker, the agent, how are they using that software? Because we wanted to level up kind of our understanding of how can we design solutions that fit with what the market needs as opposed to just go off in the garage and build some stuff and say, here, use it. Mm -hmm. um, so we went out and bought some of what we believe to be the best in breed technology providers and minds in the space with an overall goal of you know expanding the level of talent within lone wolf but then building an end-to-end -end, a true end-to-end -end platform that enables agents and brokers and teams all the way from you know a prospect to a commission check so uh 
I so everyone is I say everyone, but most of the major players in the space are trying to do this end to end solution. I'm going to pick on Zillow for just a quick second, not pick on them, but you know, Rich Barton has this grand idea of the super duper app or super app let's, or whatever it's called. Let's pick, uh, let's pick on them a little. I mean, come well, on. I mean, the real estate yeah. pod. <laughs> so, uh, well, I admire Rich. He's brilliant, but he's got this yeah. idea of this super app, right? Which is this end to end solution and and people this isn't anything new by the way i mean i've been doing this a long time as well people have been talking about an end-to-end -end solution for a long period of time it's been hard to do because you know getting mortgage and all of these components into the same spot is a difficult task different regulations some stuff still has to be notarized some stuff you still can't even you have to do via paper yeah. um you know so what is your approach to it yeah. how do you think so you're gonna in mississippi that my son lived in in college and you got to do everything by paper uh wet wet signature but you said dark. mississippi yep that explains it so <laughs> so you won't you won't make fun of zillow but you'll bash mississippi oh come I on that I was kind you. of funny i was, was kind of was funny i'm gonna one. make fun it of california in a minute too so well, that's easy that's, that's definitely easy. easy so how do you how are you guys trying to approach this i mean as in theory it's it sounds really great it makes it yep. easier for the agent and the consumer what is what have you done to pull that off and then where where does it need to go still to like make it a true experience that's just fluid from point to end? Yeah, so it's it's a challenge mostly because you know you just mentioned we made seven acquisitions. If I told you that they were all on the same tech stack and had the same, <laughs> UI, we'd no. say you're lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, and then you think about bringing together seven cultures and actually building an organization that has you know, a vision and a strategy and everybody's pulling in the same direction. There's a lot of work involved in that. There's I'm also too, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's also the independent minded nature of the professionals using the various softwares, mm -hmm. yeah. right? They, yeah. they, that's a piece of it too, right? A hundred percent. So you get into <laughs> philosophical backgrounds of technology people and so, you know, some folks believe technology drives process. I'm actually on the opposite camp. I think process drives technology. Mm -hmm. So understanding your end user, understanding how they use their product or, you know, what everybody always says, meet the customer where they're at, understanding where they are, then you design solutions that meet that need as opposed to the other way around. But um, James, to answer your question specifically, we're not going to be able to do it all ourselves right we're not going to be able to be the one stop shop for everything at least not initially that's not where our focus is if, if we get into the the mortgage and title components we're going to partner our way there right what we're building is truly what an agent or a broker can use to become more efficient right kind of our mantra is to simplify real estate what it really means to us is can i eliminate steps in a process? Can I reduce the number of clicks or the number of logins or the number of screens that I have to go to in order to do my job, which frees me up to spend more time with a consumer, somebody that's buying or selling a house and help them on that journey. Right? In, so, in, in general, I think, and this is, it, this is my view, right? You didn't say this, I'm saying this, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. I think agents, in general are below average technologists. Some are not, some are technical wizards, but in general, the average agent is a below average technologist, but a brilliant humanist. And yeah, so- They're salespeople and they yeah. understand how to create relationships. That's mm -hmm. their skill. 
That's right. their gift, right? That's their superpower. And so what I heard you say is you want to strip out. Yeah. Yeah. Strip out, put, push the technology to the background yeah. so that they can be in the foreground doing what they're best in the world at. Yeah. So let me, let me add this question in. Cause I think it's relevant. Everybody. And I know Keith loves this conversation. So everyone's talking about AI uh, and chat GTPSC 4.0 or whatever mm-hmm. freaking number we're on today. Um, Bard is kicking its butt by the way, just so you know, but keep going. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> where, you know, Keith, Keith is, uh, and I'm kind of with him on this. There's an element of where all this stuff comes in, but I think people sometimes forget that there's a lot of what we do that's relationship based. It's not mm-hmm. just about what's on the computer, but uh, all that sort of part of the discussion and aside, where do you see a lot of this coming into play with where you guys are, for example, and where you're thinking long-term with all of this advancement and automation that's occurring? I mean, are you guys starting to build around chat GTP and maybe I'm preempting something you haven't announced yet. I don't know, yeah. but just. Yeah. So like, I, I won't be. Jimmy, don't get fired. Don't yeah. get fired. Jimmy. I won't be not, no, not even getting fired. My, my marketing go to market sales and, that product team would kill me if I announced specific things, right? Yeah. Um, because they'd be like, well, why are we even going to market anymore? You just told everybody. Um, but look, it, I could joke around and say, all I have to do is put out a press release and use AI like 10 times and people- Valuation goes up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the truth is it's got a place, but I don't believe that it's going to replace the human element. So how we look at it is- I mean, we already do machine learning, but this will take it to a, another level in terms of what can I eliminate from a process or a step? What can mm-hmm. I be doing in the background on behalf of the agent? But you got to be careful not to go you know, too far. Too far, yeah. Right? Because what do you think is too far? Like, what is too far? Um, I still think you need a quality check from an intelligent human being before you release something. So totally uh, perfect example, I know for a fact we could complete um, a transaction packet mm-hmm. for uh, making an offer to, to buy or sell a home. We could, we could do it all because we do most of it today through machine learning. But if I'm a broker and I've got my, you know, insurance and I'm responsible for that information, I'm checking it. I'm having somebody check it, even if it's 99% there and I flow through in half the time mm-hmm. because I know it's got everything. I'm still going through a checklist it, just because you want to make sure. Like you mentioned, Chat GPT, it only knows as much as the data set that yeah. it's used against. And I know. mean, the damn thing told me I had a pool at my house and I don't have a freaking pool. I mean, I wish it did, but well, it doesn't. Perfect example. You go look at ChatGPT, it'll tell you who are the five best NBA players of all time, and it lists LeBron James as number one. Is that true or is it false? You tell me. I would mm-hmm. say it's false. That's false. Everyone <laughs> would say that's false. <laughs> but that's my point. Maybe so if, if, you're not from, if you're from Cleveland, you, you might you not say that's you, false. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that it's a tool and it's an early tool too, right? We don't know what this thing is going to look like in six months or 16 months. It's going to continue to evolve and adapt. And the real power seems to be coming from the plugins and some of the things you can have, the actionable items that you can take chat GPT to the next level. Uh, but if it's okay, I might uh, take us back high level. I'm always very curious when people from outside the industry with a deep and diverse background like you've got come into the industry. Uh, What was the thing or things that you were most surprised by 
as you know, you're not a real estate outsider anymore. You've been here for five years. You get it now. But over the last five years, what have been the things where you're like, oh, that's interesting, or I didn't expect that. So I was completely oblivious to the layers that <laughs> in real estate. Uh-huh. Uh, honestly, right? Outside looking and you're like, okay, I get it. I, I've bought a house before. Hard. Knowing that there's associations and there's MLSs and there's franchises and there's brokers and there's teams. And by the way, all of them can buy technology. Yeah. And, right. and do, can and do can buy technology. And do. Yeah. And half yeah. of those are governed by committees of elected people who have no yeah. idea what they're actually doing being on a committee. Right. Yeah, I love committees. Yeah. yeah. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of politics mm. that you don't think about when you're an outsider. And then, yeah. you know, that was probably the biggest hurdle. Because if you, you yeah. know, software guys were like, okay, what's the market size? What's the opportunity? Run some math. You can size it, and then you know it, it, it's a lot more complex to to really break down how you look at what your opportunity is to run and grow a software business. It's interesting when you look at the industry, and, and Keith and I have been in this like really long time. Um, <laughs> that's why he has a whiskey collection. I have a wine collection, but beyond that, um, the thing that amazes me about it and i'll reflect often is how slow the industry is at change in some cases sometimes it's actually quite quick depending upon what you're looking at but all those layers have made it difficult for the industry to have competition <laughs> in, in a way like it, it creates a moat around the way that it operates um and it's and i look at it sometimes and go man if there was just if we had figured out MLSs and data sharing and opened things up, how much more innovation would have occurred a long time ago? But then you know you go to the politics, and we all know why. Um, it is a it is a very fascinating business. Any is it any any sort of correlation to any other industry you're in, or is it just like it's a on a, it's on an island of its own? It's its, it's own very little monster. Yeah. Than most, um, even automotive. Just curious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. automotive actually is is streamlined. Like data flow in the automotive space is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's similar in terms of you know you got a, a major like Ford Motor Company, and then you've got all the individual dealerships, franchises, um, yeah, right, yeah. that are franchises that are independently owned and operated. Like that concept is similar, but they've got it locked on on data. Um, you know, in terms, it's not even that different than an ambulatory space, like a, a small doctor's office. It might be part of a large mm-hmm. hospital system, it's but that's analogy. a small business, right? That's got a couple of physicians, nurses, admins. It's not that different than a brokerage, right? Yeah. So, um, but the governing bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like James's That's analogy. That's why Keith has no hair, by the way. Yeah, so. no, I, me and politics do not, uh, we don't do very well together. I'm, I'm far too straight line of a thinker, but I like James's analogy emotes. The one that I use is speed bumps, right? Like there's just all these speed bumps when you're trying to get something accomplished and you can do it, but it just takes so much longer because you got to slow down to go over all these bumps. It seems like some of the walls are starting to come down on some of these old fiefdoms and structures and hierarchies. Are you seeing that or is that just me wishful thinking? No, actually, I think they are um, probably not as fast as 
we would want. Everybody would like. <laughs> um, even most of the folks that you talk to, right? Mm -hmm. um, but no, I think it is starting to, to come down. I, I'll give you a perfect example, right? You, you grow through acquisitions, seven different companies. I have MLS agreements for data at every single every one, one of them <laughs> for every single product because they're mm -hmm. all written on a product level basis right logic would tell you i should only need one data stream right one data agreement right. mls to serve but getting to that point is laborious mm. Mm. yeah yeah. I want to come back to the MLS part before we leave because we haven't actually had that discussion yet with any of our, our guests. Um, but I do want to, since it's fresh and in everyone's mind, I did want to at least broach the subject about Apple's new Iron Man headset that they're... <laughs> Would that you they're hate? You hate? No, 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 no. It's not that I hate it. I just That's don't understand it. Like no, I, okay. I literally, I literally go, there's a cable attached to it and I'm going to sit in my chair. Like I, I guess the first version and maybe a, a later it's sunglasses and we'll be in the movie minority report or something. But, um, my original all, view of it was doc Brown from back to the future. I was like, oh yeah. 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 So hating myself clearly, but no, no, yeah, I'm I'm right it. there with you. I'm yeah. right there with you. Okay, so yeah. all my joking aside, what what do you honestly think of it from a technologist, and where do you think it could go in real estate, or is there a spot or not? Like, what's your take? Besides, like, I can move my fingers and move my eyes and look around. Like, I can do the same thing on my monitor. So, like, what's the difference? Yeah, so uh, I think it's kind of cool, but it's not my thing, right? So I'm not a I'm not quite old enough to say get off my lawn and we'll kind of ignore it. <laughs> But I'm not going to throw on, like, that's not for me. But if I only looked at the world through the lens of things that I would do, uh, I would be pretty narrow aperture. So um, it has a place. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I look at it similar to iBind personally. It's got a definite ceiling as well. Um, but, you know, the obvious part is the virtual tours, right? right? That could be really cool. But I don't think that's enough. Um, I think you'd have to layer in additional things to make it worth my effort, create some value. How are you going to, me as an individual, give me time back? Mm -hmm. A couple examples. I don't know. In your neighborhood, do you have any of those um, companies driving around the streets kind of recording everything that's going on yeah. that is going to enable kind of the, the car of the future that's going to drive for you. Yeah. Waymo uh, and all of them. Yeah. Yeah. If you can plug <laughs> that type of information in and then me as a, as a user pick time of day or day of week or month of year and start to understand what's happening around a property in terms of traffic flow or people mm. flow or, flooding or wh whatever those things might be, I can see some value there, right? Because I might live close to a school and not really think about it. I might go, oh, that's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden on that thing, I see, well, every, every day during school, I have 300 cars lined up and down my street. I may not like it as much. Anymore. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> give, me, give me that data and I might be able to pick and choose which houses I may want to, to buy or invest in uh, in better. Right. Um, I, I, I'm with you hundred percent or like maybe 85%, but it wouldn't be fun if we just all agreed. Right. Um, I think all I think the headset is think of it as a, a more immersive experience. Yeah. And then think about 
parts of the real estate transaction where more immersion is better, right? And and that is where I think the use cases will fall and land. So yes, virtual tour, right? Someday, if you're thinking about a home in, you know, in the Sierra Mountains somewhere and you're three, four, five, 45 hours away, you can actually walk it at a different tangible tactile level, maybe not tactile because you're not actually touch, touching it, but from a visual experience, it's more immersive, right? Super luxury. I think those really high-end homes, you could have much more immersive experiences where people want to really spend time, quote unquote, in and around the house. Um, but I can't get too far past that. That's where I get stuck, right? Is like, am I, am I going to have a virtual conference room and then I'm going to go, quote unquote, meet clients there and so, I mean, maybe when my 11 year old is buying her first house when she's 21 or 31 or whatever, maybe in 10 or 15 years, but I just don't think it's close. A yet. lot of the discussion is about, you know, long term. It's weird as it sounds like Minority Report, the movie. For those of you who don't know the movie, um, the idea with, you know, Keith's wearing glasses and it can show things and it can be like, oh, this product can be purchased and, you know, mm -hmm. he can wink his eye and it buys it or something, you know, there's that. But I, I've, <laughs> you think about that concept or like virtual staging, you're walking through the house, you love the couch and the stuff, you can buy this directly from Wayfair, whatever it might be. I'm also like going, it sounds interesting and I like the concept, but it also sounds really annoying, like to have this shit constantly feeding into my eyes about it's a very technical term that we learned yeah, in business school, whatever. Yeah. So like, yeah. it, it's, I'm, I'm going, if I was to sit in my chair, maybe it's fine yeah, to but, do all okay, of that. But but so but, like, what, like, what about this? I'm curious what your, both of your thoughts are on this and Jimmy, you go first. Cause I get to listen to James all the time. So yeah, shut up. wouldn't it be a more interesting walkthrough, right? I go to our properties that my agent takes me to the house, but what if every house had a headset or two or three or however many people are going to be walking it. And as you're walking through the, home instead of having the agent say something enlightening like there's the kitchen right you're actually having a more immersive experience or uh, you could see what the pg&e bill was as you go in there right so like i'm getting data in a more immersive and experiential way as i'm going through the house when i go in the master bedroom it gives me the noise rating uh, for the area and for the neighborhood and i'm getting it i'm getting everything i could get anyway but I'm getting it in a much more experiential fashion. So everything you just said sounds cool for certain <laughs> buyers. Right, right. right? And that's right. the truth. Yeah, like, for certain buyers, go, right. Man, check this out. I'm going to put this on and I'm going to get other people and I'll, my wife's not here. My wife would be like, I'm not putting that thing on. I don't know who put it on before me. I don't know if it's clean. That's not mine. I'm right. never going to touch that thing. Yeah, right? so yeah. You got you know, different, different flavors. Yep. Um, I do think access to data, access to information, things that will help a purchase decision make a ton of sense, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I still think it's got a, it's got a ceiling on it. Right. I, yeah. uh, so the I one that made sense pay extra for that, or are you going to take a <clears throat> percentage off your commission because that made it easier for you to sell it out? No, no. What's, so the, the, what's the revenue model behind it? The one that made sense to me, ironically, and I'm laughing partially, but I'm kind of serious because I'm a snowboarder, was somebody's like, this. first of all, those are great looking ski goggles. <laughs> and then <laughs> secondly, he's like, so actually think about it. Imagine if you're going down a mountain and it was immersive and it says, if you go right, this is a, a intermediate yeah. run, you go left, it's a black diamond and like, here's the skill level and like what, I mean, there is some interesting stuff there, 
So really expensive ski goggles, but the concept, I think there's some interesting applications. I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm getting old as Keith managed to point out, yeah, but I like yeah. Keith's idea, like the, the information about the neighborhood or the house mm -hmm. or sure. the, that makes a ton of sense. But then as I walk away, I'm still going to need that in some other form. Totally. Yeah. yeah. The other For one sure. I think, and then we can move on from this if you guys want it. I like to nerd out on new technology, but uh, I like if, if I was, you know, if I owned Pulte, which I don't, but I sure wish I did. If I owned a major new construction, like if I could figure out a way to not have to build models, right? Yeah. Uh, that's going to save me a lot of money. Or if I was a spec builder and I could pre-sell homes with a fit and finish when they were still sticks and bricks and I can I increase my sales cycle by 11%, like that translates directly to the bottom line with carrying costs and all the other things that are associated with it. So actually new home build makes a lot of sense for yep. both virtual staging and that because yeah. mm -hmm. there isn't somebody, something to go walk. Like you, you go to a plot of land and say, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Look at architect plans. Like you guys are smarter than me. Maybe you understand them. I don't. No, oh, it's, it's, it's really hard to get. <laughs> I was lucky enough to get to build a house and my dad was like the dining table is going to be it's it's so far from the island i'm like dad it's it's 15 feet like relax you're looking at a drawing it's not as far as it looks it's not as far as it looks keith's dad keith's dad studies astro he's at, he likes to play with astro he's an astrophysicist or he likes to play with his he does it for he's fun a, he's a mathematical physicist that studies string theory yeah and I, who uh, does that by the way my dad so, that's about it uh -huh. big brain yeah. You Look at the size of Keith's brain. It, it skips a generation. All I got was a big <laughs> head. <laughs> All right. So I got a question for you. And this is, uh, I've been wanting to ask this and I'm in a mood where I just don't really care. So That's what the is bad. the thing that you think is holding back innovation most in this industry? Like mm. what is stopping our industry from achieving its full potential? Politics? Like what is it? What If you could wave a magic wand and be like, this would stop so many things from you know from from allowing the industry to move forward like what would that be and i know this question. is probably a political question to some degree but run but with there's, it. there's always politics involved in anything you do mm -hmm. but for me democratic democratization of the data if you can mm -hmm. say that 10 times and we're talking mls data to be clear yeah, I mean, MLS data is the, the mother's milk, right? But there's other data that, that needs to be available. But making that readily available across the industry that anybody can tie into and drive solutions around, I don't even care if you have to pay for it. We pay for it today. We pay a ton sure. of <laughs> But it's, it's not easy to get access to. Mm. Um, one of the big things that we're, we're working on is making data more readily available at the fingertips in, in close to real time to an agent or to a broker about their business or about a transaction or about a property or a location so that they can be more informed, but then frankly, give that information to their consumer and be a better advocate for purchase decisions based on data, right? And so we believe more information is better. And so obviously you don't wanna flood because there's a lot, you wanna make sure it's pertinent, but right. making that available, 
I think is the one thing that holds us back. Look, there might, this is going to be, here's your controversial statement. Nice. <laughs> nice. Hey, producer guy, put a, put a mark on the, on the, on the audio. Technology mm. in real estate right now. There's so much available. Mm. It's hard to harness capabilities and, you know, software people, I'm, I'm one of them. We'll make it free for 30 days or 60 days to just try to give you the bite. And there's tons of people that will go from one to the next, to the next, to the mm. next, to pay for a thing because they can get little pieces as they go. It makes it difficult then for any of those companies to get a foothold and to grow and to be able to provide long-term solutions. It's pretty difficult. Do you think it's from, uh, I want to come back to that and I know we got to wrap up here in a minute, but the, do you think it's from a scarcity mindset? Do you think the industry is just so locked on the fact that their value proposition is the data? Is that where it comes from in your mind when you talk to committees and executives and stuff that they're like, it's our data and we have to protect it. Like what is the mindset that's causing this in your, your perspective? I, I think that's 100% it. Mm -hmm. um, it's that's power, that's control. Right. And, you know, there's different models. You can look across the landscape. Heck, just look in North America, look at us and Canada. Those are not the same models. Right. Around data. Right. It is interesting to see how the industry's uh, changing and, We've had a lot of discussions about the class action losses, so we won't get into that today. But certainly, there's, yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of a lot of yeah. opinions on it. Um, <laughs> but this was fun, Jimmy. I, I was interested to hear your perspective from outside the industry coming in. Yeah, you know, your candor about you know what's causing innovation to not go as quickly as possible. Um, I think we all agree we need an Iron Man headset, which is what I've now named it. So yes. that's going to be, I just want to know when we're going to have armor and weapons attached. Cause that's just going to be really interesting. That would be even yeah. Let's see. That would be even cooler. <laughs> so anyways, Jimmy, thanks for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Uh, we, uh, we can't wait to have you back as well. And, uh, again, thanks for being here. So yeah, thanks, thanks Jimmy. Appreciate it. You got it. Yes. We want you to subscribe to this podcast, but the good news is if you subscribe now, you'll never have to subscribe to any other podcast ever again.